Do to do to do. Ba 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 da ba. Ba 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 da ba. Ba da ba da ba. Ba da ba da ba. Ba 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 da ba. Thank you, Rob. You're very welcome. host Leo West and joining me as ever is the bright blue-eyed Rob Frimston. Rob! I do have blue eyes. You do and they are quite bright. Thanks mate. You're welcome. Um, Say hello. Say hello to the listeners. Hello listener. Good. Hello Helen. (laughs) The listener. How are you? Oh uh, before we start by the way I need to redact something Uh, from last week. I jokingly said uh, that you could email us at by the way podcast. I'm pretty sure Gmail. we said that like three weeks ago. We we said that several it. several times. Yeah. Um, I I I attempted, Rob. I really tried to get the email address by the way podcast at gmail dot com. Okay. It already exists. What? Apparently, I know. Who? That's madness. <laughs> it is. Is there another podcast called by the way? I think there is, and I think sadly for us, it's a Mark Maron joint um a what now you're giving me a blank look wow the podcast lovers on the uh on the other end there are gonna love to know that you uh, don't know who mark maron is who's uh, the father of modern podcasting i've heard the name a shrug a shrug from robert i've heard the name before who is he tell me about him. no but i think he i think he had a limited run of a podcast called by the way i'm not sure if it's still active well he sounds like an awful man well, you know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna look into things. I also tried to get Rob and Leo at gmail dot com. That already exists. So uh, presumably, two guys called Rob and Leo. So yeah, when... I mean, it's me. I've got that, <laughs> but you can't have it. <laughs> I can't have it. No. It disturbs me that you've made the account Rob and Leo without my knowledge. And it was before I met you. <laughs> I see, this is why you befriended me. You're yeah, like, I've been going finally hunting down Leos. Finally, a Leo I can, I can get on with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm a Scorpio, so... What are we talking about today, Rob? Do Scorpios and Leos get on? I don't know. Today, we are talking about Hamleys. Mm. Possibly the most famous toy shop in the world? The toy store. You say? Yes, uh, one of them, definitely. There was that one in New York that shut down that I don't know the name of. Is and that the one that was in Home Alone 2? Yes. Okay. Um, Donald Trump's in that. Yes. Yes, he is. Shows him where the loser are, doesn't he? In the, yeah, uh, so. in the hotel lobby. Tim Curry's in it as well. Tim Curry. Yeah. Good movie. Macaulay Culkin's in it. Is he? I didn't know he was in that movie. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> probably Tim Curry of... Muppets Treasure Island. Oh, Muppets Treasure Island, yeah. Oh yeah, That's... I haven't done that for a long, yeah, long time. I haven't done that for a while. bring that back. We are uh, over the course of the next few episodes. I will actually in the, in in my next episode. I will I will bring back something that hasn't come up for a while, and I hope you enjoy that. Oh boy, I hope I remember it's it. An impression. <laughs> I hope I remember it. It's the, it's one of the like three impressions I do. 
So, Hamleys. Hamleys, yes. Which With is, the big bear. Or, or at least purports to be, the oldest toy shop in the world. At least purports to be. Do you have evidence to the contrary? Nope. But, I, you know, I haven't been to every toy shop in the world and asked them how old they are. Yeah, it is, as far as we know, the don't, oldest. Don't do that in toy shops. Don't go around... <laughs> <laughs> Don't go around asking how old people in toy shops are. Okay? I went how old the sh- no. Oh. I know you did, you and I made me sound quick. like a bad no, man. No, no, no. It is, as far as we know, the oldest toy shop in the world. Do you know how old it is? I did. <laughs> I don't anymore. Two hundred and fifty-seven. Two hundred and fifty-seven. As of this year. Uh, which means that if you if you uh, really want to, you can work out when it was started. <laughs> Why don't you tell us? Seventeen sixty. Seventeen sixty. There we go. Um, some people will tell you. By the way, I I, I found uh, a lot of a lot of claims that uh, people will tell you that it is ninety years older than Harrods. Okay. That is not true. Oh right. Because Harrods, the the current uh, Harrods store was established in eighteen forty nine, so it is in fact. 89 years older than Harrods and not 90. But so, hang on, you, that, that was just you being a no, massive I'm not, pedant. No, I'm, I'm not done. I'm going to continue being I, a massive I, pedant. I damn hope so, because otherwise that was completely unnecessary. No, don't worry, I, I am, I am going to continue with my pedantry. because oh, you see, they say even, it's 90 years old, but they're rounding. Well, yeah. even if, even, even that figure of 89 years older than Harrods isn't really fair... Because, yes, the current Harrod store was established in 1849, but Charles Henry Harrod uh, had previously started a grocery and tea merchant at number four Cable Street in Stepney uh, in 1834. So by that reckoning, right. Harrod is 74 years older than... Uh, sorry, Hamleys, Hamleys is 74, 74 years, years older old. than Harrod's. So it is still older. And... Okay. Uh, Charles Henry Harrod before that started a business at number 228 Borough High Street in Southwark in 1824 so by that reckoning Hamleys is 64 years older than Harrods and that (laughs) is only and that's based off when was that hang on hang on was that was that shop called Harrods no so but the original Hamleys wasn't called Hamleys okay fair enough and also if this is all, this is all. If you take from when Hamleys was started, but that is not with the current name and not in the current location. If you go off where Hamleys is now, which is the only fair way of doing that, if you're comparing this to Harrods in its current location and current store, which started in 1849, uh, Hamleys did not move to Regent Street until 1881. So by that reckoning, it's actually 32 years younger than Harrods, and it didn't move to its current <laughs> actual location and premises until 1981. So by that reckoning, it's 132 years younger than Harrods. <laughs> You have the fervour of righteousness <laughs> about you of somebody who is he's making a, a real political point for the good and all you're doing is correcting something completely inconsequential. Well, exactly. What what else am I supposed to do with my time and my life? Right, so, but... I've been put on this earth for one reason and one reason only and that is to list the various <laughs> different possibilities for the interpretation of the question... What is the age difference between Hamleys and Harrods? So, but to be clear, if we're talking about, like, incorporation, incorporated businesses, it is 89 years older. Yes, basically. Yeah. Right. 1760. And it was started... Do you know who started it? Uh, somebody Hamley. It was. It was a Mr. William Hamley. William, who, I was going to say William. Well, was, why didn't you? Because <laughs> I was a coward. Well, there I, you go. Yeah. Uh, do you know where he was from? Y- mm. 
<laughs> that was not the noise I was expecting. Cornwall. That is absolutely correct. Yes, yes, I do remember some of this. William Hamley was a Cornishman. He was specifically from uh, Bodmin, in fact. And do you know what we know about William Hamley? Not much. Yeah, almost nothing. Um, <laughs> he was. I'm on a roll. As far as we can tell, he was probably born somewhere in the region of 1740, uh, and uh, circa. He, yeah, and circa. he and he died in 1810 at an age of. Presumably about, what would that be, 70? Mm. He was probably about 70 when he died. Um, so because I can't really talk about William Hamley and his upbringing because we don't know anything about it, uh, I thought instead, interesting to talk a little bit about Bodmin, where he oh was my from. Oh my God, okay. Uh, do you know about Bodmin? What do you know about Bodmin? Tell me I about know Bodmin. nothing about Bodmin. Well, it's in Cornwall, it's near Bodmin Moor. Uh, interestingly, Bodmin Jail, very interesting place. Uh, had a, a, you know, a this is a was... podcast about London. Right? Uh, Bodmin, don't worry, we're not. We've barely begun <laughs> with my Bodmin in. tangent. You're going to be so angry with me. Uh, Bodmin, <laughs> no, but there are links to London. Bodmin Jail was an active uh, from 1779 to 1927. Uh, first one in Britain to have individual cells. Yeah, okay. Bodmin Jail and the uh, the Doomsday Book. And the crown jewels were stashed there during the First World War. Oh, right. For okay. their own safety. In Bodmin Jail. Cool. So that's a link to London, isn't it? Why? Well, the crown jewels are now in the Tower of London. They are. Well, I mean... Which yeah. is in London. Which is... Uh, but, you know, but you can't hide them there in the First World War because everyone knows they're there. So that is not really hiding them. Bodmin Moor. I mentioned it's near Bodmin Moor. Now, okay, Bodmin now Moor... we link Bodmin Moor to London. William Hamley <laughs> no, grew up near it and started no. a toy shop. Uh, Bodmin Moor has the highest point in Cornwall. What? Uh, He's literally one, rubbing his hands together with glee. 1,378 feet or 420 metres above sea level. Uh, do you know what it's called? Highest point in Cornwall? High point. No. Do you know what it's called? No. It's called Brown Willy, mate. Not mate, I'm just saying that to you. It's called Brown Willy. Brown Willy. It's amusing, isn't it? What? <laughs> Why is it called Brown Willy? I don't know, etymology. It's, it comes from the old Cornish name, but it's called Brown Willy is what it's known as. And, this is genuinely f***ing true, uh, there is a meteorological phenomenon called the Brown Willy effect. <laughs> oh no! Do you know what the Brown Willy effect is? No, I Peninsular don't Peninsular well... Convergence. Peninsula Peninsula Convergence. So I've looked into this. I found a very useful YouTube video about it. <laughs> Listen, I've had a fun week. Um, <laughs> it's basically where you... So it's a bit complicated and I didn't fully understand it, but it's basically where you get wind coming in from the sea uh, and then uh, the, the way it converges with other winds basically means you get like bad weather in the centre of the peninsula but not on the coasts. Oh, that's interesting. Because it kind of get, gets forced uh, inwards and up. I right. didn't really. So, is there bad? There's bad weather over Brown Willy. Uh, they often can be, whereas you know, just the the, the coasts nearby are dry. <laughs> Brown Willy effect. This is this is ridiculous. Brown Willy. Stop it. What? Stop what? Which Stop part of this? I don't know. I don't know even where to begin. Now, surely there's one thing about Bodmin that you must have heard of. No. The Beast of Bodmin. Never heard of the Beast of Bodmin. Sadly, not. It's got a beast. I feel beast like I'm about to. Of Bodmin Moor. Uh, basically, there have been sightings. Uh, 1983 was the first one. Sightings of big cats. Not big dogs. No, cats. Big cats. Uh, How uh, big? Well, like panther sized. Okay. Allegedly, is what has been seen. Okay. Uh, they're sometimes referred to as phantom cats or a phrase I particularly like alien big cats. 
Alien, Alien Big Cats on Bram Willy. Uh, exactly. The new, the <laughs> new, we the are, new thriller. We, we are Alien Big Cats. Can we have a word, please? <laughs> the new thriller from Rob Frimston. Alien Big Cats I on mean, Bram listen, Willy. Dan Brown, if he's listening, <laughs> we know what his next book's about. Uh, alien meaning in as what in, world is Dad Brown listening? Um, what podcast? else is he going to do with his time? In the world that alien big cats come <laughs> down on Brown Willie. This, by the way, is alien as in not native to this country. No, oh. no one is suggesting. Well, actually, no. I'm sure somebody has theorised that the Beast of Bodmin is an actual alien, but that's not what we're saying here. Alien big cats. You know, evidence basically like mold remains of livestock, that kind of thing. It, this and it's such a so we have the level of evidence for these big cats as we do for the chupacabra. Yes, if that evidence is you know more livestock, more livestock. But this was taken seriously enough that in, <laughs> in 19, sorry, I, I, in nineteen. No, no, sorry. It's the, I'm I, I'm just I've been so looking forward to having a lengthy tangent about the beast of Bobman in a podcast <laughs> that's meant to be about Hamleys. It's in, true, listener. Avid listener, he has been texting me all week saying that I'm going to be very angry. And, and, uh, and, and I am. Yeah, I'm glad that's I'm happened. fairly angry. In 1995, the Department of Agriculture, <laughs> Fisheries and Food 95. launched a six-month, £84,000 investigation <laughs> into finding and discovering the Beast of Bodmin. And they didn't find anything. Do you know what they found out? That, uh, it's just a cat. <laughs> They basically... Like a regular house cat. Their conclusion was essentially, there is no evidence that this thing exists, but there's also no evidence that it doesn't exist. Okay. Six months, £84,000. Fine. So that's what, like, three people... Now, in the same year... Working on it. In that same year, 1995, guess what happened? I don't know what I'm saying. Like, there's any possibility of you guessing this. Lots of stuff happened in 95. A skull was found... Uh, oh yes, no, I know about this. By a, I have no by a river in the same area, and it was evidently a cat skull, and people thought, ah, maybe this is the beast of Bodmin. Ah, here's your link to London. Where did they send the school to get evaluated? London. The Natural History Museum, right. which I'm sure we'll talk about on another occasion. I'm you sure know, we will. Do you know what they confirmed? That it was a cat. Leopard skin rug. Oh. It was, they, they determined that the cat had not died in Britain had died some time ago and they reckon it was uh, a skull that was most likely attached to a leopard skin rug. Ah, so somebody chucked a leopard skin rug into the river? Uh, yeah, presumably, and the skull <laughs> I mean, just washed up on the... why? Yeah, that's a very good question. No, no, I don't believe it. Maybe they suddenly decided that they were, that they were going to be animal friendly. No, And I... were embarrassed about the fact they had a leopard skin rug. <laughs> no, I don't believe it. It, it, it. It's clearly actually... The Beast of Bodmin. Oh, so you think the Natural History Museum are Is complicit yeah, in the conspiracy yeah, absolutely. to disguise There's a cover the Beast up. of Bodmin? There's a cover-up. Well, here's the thing, though. Compared to most m- mythical things of this kind, there is, or at least there seems to be, a very plausible explanation for the Beast of Bodmin. Do you want to, do you want to know what it is? You really want to tell me, so why not? Well, uh, as we suspect what it might be uh, is released pumas. Released Three released pumas. Right. Released Um, from where? You see, in 2016, Mr. Benjamin Mee of (sighs) Dartmoor Zoo. (laughs) Dartmoor? Yeah, Dartmoor. Nearby. Nearby Dartmoor. Um, They lost a lynx (laughs) from Dartmoor Zoo. Have you read The Hound of the Baskervilles? Uh, Yes, I have. Because this is this is smelling a lot like it. Sherlock Holmes, of course, plot. barely in the Hound of the Baskervilles no. because this was by the, this was at the point where Arthur Conan Doyle was sick of him, and in fact, Hound of the Baskervilles was written after 
he killed him off in the final problem. Yes, and the, um, his his original thing, because obviously in the end he, he he brought him back by having established he faked his own death. But before that, he just started writing stories that were set before he'd killed him. Yeah, and I learned on a podcast that I listened to the other week that actually fan fiction more or less began in some ways. Fan fiction as we know it now more or less began with Sherlock Holmes. Really, and after. Doyle refused to uh, write any more. Uh, basically, just the the populace started writing Sherlock Holmes stories. Now, <clears throat> it was considered a very gentlemanly thing to do, which is interesting because it's now mostly a female audience that interacts with fan fiction today. Mostly. Well, that's famously where um, Fifty Shades of Grey yes. came from, isn't it? It yeah, was yeah, Twilight, yeah. Fan, Twilight fiction. fan fiction. Now, they're going to have a word. What is it, Rob? Are we talking about slash fiction? I don't know. Is it people writing about Holmes and Watson? N- maybe. Each other. That's not what was said on the podcast. What podcast? This podcast? No, I've I, just said it. I know. Is this a Mark Merrin thing? Shush. What podcast? Are you listening to other podcasts? I, I am. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to find out like God this. No, uh, this was a podcast called Fictional Worlds, I think, uh, if I remember correctly. It was very good. I was just sort of listening around, trying to find new podcasts to... You're right there. Yes, fine, sorry. Anyway, uh, you were about to say something before I cut you off with the whole Sherlock Holmes thing. So, Mr. Benjamin Mee, Dartmoor Zoo, they lose a Lynx last year. They got it back, don't worry. I think it took them about three weeks or so. Um, That's quite a long time to have a Lynx around. uh, Yes, but whilst he was being uh, interviewed and talking about it, he mentioned... The Lynx. uh, the, The missing Lynx. Uh, wait, hang on. Have you just done? Th- what have you done? What have you done? The Lynx was interviewed. Oh right, yes. Uh, yeah, they interviewed the Lynx, and he said, "Well, what do you mean I'm lost? You're talking to me. You know where I am." <laughs> so, what was the missing link between the pumas and the Lynx? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so, oh, hi, Christopher. Christopher Rent. Hello. <laughs> um, oh, hey, Christopher. <laughs> was, that, was that the room reference? Yeah, it was. <laughs> anyway, how's your sex life? <laughs> I'm not talking about it here. Mr. Benjamin Mee yeah. is interviewed at the time he's lost a Lynx, which is rather careless of him, mm-hmm. and he mentioned other times that stuff has gone missing. Oh, no. Because uh, he took over the zoo in 2006, and what he said was that in 1978, Plymouth Zoo was shut down. It was run by a woman who was um, a, a circus... Is this uh, the woman whose name you forgot to... I've forgotten to write down her name. Yeah, okay. Um, so Google Go and look her up. To, you'll be able to find out. But basically, when... Uh, Plymouth Zoo was shut down in 1978 it was agreed that some of the animals would be taken to Dartmoor Zoo including five pumas when the vehicle that was transporting them arrived turned up at Dartmoor Zoo guess what was inside it? Three, two pumas two pumas, two pumas. exactly three of them <laughs> had gone missing and if <laughs> we, and, and they reckon that this exam question time <laughs> If a van, <laughs> if a van leaving Plymouth Zoo with five pumas turns up at Dartmoor Zoo with two pumas, how many pumas are how missing? Many, how in many Bodmin? people believe in the Beast of Bob? <laughs> um, yeah, their theory is that this woman just let three of these pumas go. <laughs> just, uh, Why know, on Dartmoor and they got to Bodmin, which is nearby, and they reckon that that's maybe what the Beast of Bob. This is. feels like the end of an X Files episode in that it's. <laughs> Holy, holy disappointing, and one of the Creature of the Weeks ones, uh, in that the science behind your explanation is wholly disappointing, and I just would rather believe. Fair enough. 
while we're on the subject, do you know about the hairy hands? No, I the don't. Dartmoor know hairy hands. The Dartmoor hairy the hands. Dartmoor hairy hands. This isn't even Bodmin anymore. This is your. This episode is about Hamleys. <laughs> you know that. Right? Listen, when I read Hamleys. about when I read about the Dartmoor hairy hands, there was no way I was not bringing it up. There's a stretch of the B three two one two between Post Bridge and Two Bridges, and um, it was this was first described in 1921 that people uh, see or feel. A pair of hairy hands grip their steering wheel, or, or why the, hairy? The handle. We'll get to that. As in, they feel the hair. No, as in they they look hairy. Okay. The legend is they're hairy, and they basically run you off the road. And people, I mean, people have died on this stretch of road. From oh my it. god! Um, whether or not that's because there's actually a pair of hairy. phantom hairy hands is uh, up for debate. I'm uh, actually quite quite shook by that. That's... In in 1924. Uh, a woman who was who was staying in a, a caravan in the area said that she woke up in the night to see just one hairy hand trying to get in to the caravan through the window, and she made the side of the cross and it f-ed off. Okay, well that, now I have now I have questions. That's that's if it's less, a hand, how can it see her making the side of the cross? That's less. Well, okay, to take that up with the Adams family. Also, some people have reported this hairy hands phenomenon, but have said that the hands were invisible. How do you know the hands then? <laughs> And no, how do you know they're hairy if they're <laughs> invisible? Like you can so feel many questions. Hand. Like like if I if you close your eyes you and, I put, <laughs> and I put and I put no touching. Okay, fine. Sorry, yes. You get my point though. You've got very hairy hands. No, if I, you've never met. Really I mean, hairy. I have got quite hairy hands, but not on the side that I use to touch you things. Have you been to Dartmoor? No. <laughs> Thankfully, just just checking. Hence, why I've not heard of any of the stuff that you've talked about. None of which has anything Anything at all to do with Hamleys. But there you go. In in lieu of being able to tell you much about Mr. Hamley, uh, I decided to tell you about where he's from. Did he believe in the Beast of Bodmin? We don't know. Probably not, because this was hundreds of years before. (laughs) Future Leo put Sting here. Uh, but anyway, Mr. William Hamley was determined that what he wanted to do was set up a toy shop, the best toy shop in the world, and he did. Do you know where that toy shop was, and do you know what that toy shop was yes, called? Yes, I seem to remember that this was called Noah's Ark. Very well done, yes it is. And it was in Bloomsbury. Hoban. Hoban. Number 231, High Hoban. Oh, right, okay, High Hoban. Uh, yes, and it was called Noah's Ark. Now, have you heard of this Noah's Ark? No. Right, little tangent here. <laughs> Wait, hang on. I'm, I'm, hang on. I'm hang kidding. On. Do you mean... <laughs> I am not, not going to spend the next 20 minutes telling you the story of Noah's Ark, much though I would like to. <laughs> I might actually resort to violence. There may well be. Yes, I've heard of Noah's Ark. Yeah, good. Uh, that's what he named his shop after, initially. You know, because it sold stuffed animals. Yeah, it sold mostly toy animals, right? That was a big thing, yeah. Still is. I mean, like, pretty much the whole ground floor of families to this day is is mainly stuffed animals. They're very big on the small plastic dinosaurs as well. They're very big on the small... Plastic. That's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? No. They're very big on small dinosaurs. Yes. Big and small. Stop it. In the same sentence. Um, Yes, well, people love small plastic dinosaurs. Um, It also, at, at one point, became known as the Joy Emporium, by the way, which is, you know... Just sort of sounds like a spin-off of Joy Division, with a weirder name. Good silence, team. Okay, so <laughs> I thought you were just right. There yeah. was sound. That, well, I mean, that's how podcasts work. By eighteen thirty-seven, which you will know as being the year of. Oh God, you've put me on the spot. 
Queen Victoria. Oh, Queen Victoria. Yeah, no, Queen Victoria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you knew that. No, no, I did know that. She was she was a big fan. She used to shop there. Which makes sense, given that she had, uh, during her lifetime, nine children and 42 grandchildren. She needed toys, mate. She needed lots of stuffed toys. So she used to go there. She did Two mm. by two, she bought those toys. That was a Noah's Ark joke for you. You looked so disappointed. She did not, however, <laughs> give the store a royal warrant. Oh, really? But other people have done. We'll come back to that a little oh, bit right, later okay. on. As we are, as is, as is my custom doing this in a vaguely chronological fashion. I know you don't always like to do that necessarily. Well, I'm going to try and do that next episode. But the thing is, is that the the links, the spider web of the world, is far more. No, they found the links. Than... It was lost for three weeks. We'll come back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you are. Now we're having fun. You're really coming close. <laughs> I have several thousand years of it's history. Called, it's called Flavio. The links. I wrote that down, but not the name of the woman who released the fumes. Poor woman. I know. Mary Chipperfield. That's her name. There we go. Mary Chipperfield. Well, my next episode has uh, several thousand years of history to cover, so I may jump around a little. To Right, like the, the like the House of Pain song. Jump around. Yeah, jump uh, right. Around. Jump, jump r- up. Jump, jump up and, and get, get down. down. Yes. Excellent. Well, we're having fun. You were talking I about... I know Vic- you don't believe me. <laughs> but we are. I'm enjoying myself. You were talking about Victoria. Yes, I'd finished talking about Victoria in actual facts, and I was about to move on, which we will do... Now, uh, I mentioned in passing, when I was complaining about the whole Harrods thing, that Hamley's moved to Regent Street in 1881. You did? But not to where it is right now. It actually originally was number 200 uh, Regent Street. Right down the end. Nope. (laughs) That was about halfway. About halfway, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's only a couple of doors down from where it is now. I was going to say, they're pretty much in the middle now. Yeah, exactly. And Regent Street, uh, as, as I'm sure you'll remember... Uh, designed by our own f- old friend John Nash. John Nash, possibly, partially. possibly while the Prince Regent was sleeping with his wife. Partially designed by John Nash. Oh, right, sure. If you want to be like that, because they didn't finish. Yeah, I'll let you. Go. That's, uh, that's uh, we're gonna we're link there. Re- Regent's, Regent Street is one of our things. One of our <clears throat> future episodes. I'm sure right, we'll so talk about it then, and I'm sure we'll when we it. do, we will refer back to this very episode and talk once again about the Dartmoor hairy hands. <laughs> We better not. We had better not. It started out as two, uh, two floors. Now has seven, of course. But we'll come to the, the modern store a little bit later on. Uh, the original Noah's Ark store. Burned... I like to be chronological, but I'm going to tell you things that I'm going to talk about in yeah. ten minutes. Listen, we're not we're not that we're not strict here. We like to have we like to have fun. We like to loosen up and have fun. Okay. In a way. Um, <laughs> the original Noah's Ark store burned down in 1901. Listen, what hasn't burned down in London? Well, exactly. Uh, and it was relocated to uh, 86 to 87 uh, High Holborn. The name, by the way, I mentioned uh, it was started out as Noah's Ark. By 1911, it was going by the name Hamley's. When, However... When did Hamley die? Uh, 1810. So... It was in... By the time Victoria was shopping there, it was in the hands of his grandchildren. Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, it was originally... And this is actually uh, something we briefly discussed, I think, in the Madame Two Swords episode. It was originally Hamleys with an apostrophe. Right. And then, uh, in 1911, they changed the name to Messrs Hamley Brothers. Okay. And then just to Messrs Hamleys uh, around 1920. And then later it went back to just being Hamleys, but now without the apostrophe. So if you are... I presume at that point it was not in the hands of the family anymore. I actually don't know. 
uh, at that point. Do you know if it's in the hands of the family now? It is not. I, I know so. that it is not. Right, cool. Yes. But, I, but I'd i have been very surprised. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, but yeah, if you are wanting to make sure you spell it correctly, it is officially without an apostrophe. In actual Which is important, fact. as we, we talked about in the Lloyds episode as well. That leads to a lot of confusion. Yes, and that's the last thing we want. Confusion or Lloyds? Confusion. Okay, good. Also, I was confused. I'm trying to bring down Lloyds. <laughs> <laughs> we we did different gags there. We did. That's, that's fine. That's always, that's always <laughs> nice. Um, the First World War. You heard of this? No. First Wait. Hang on. That was about a hundred years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Pretty. Well, it was going on a hundred years ago. Yes. Indeed. <laughs> I had to think about that for a moment. <laughs> what year is this now? <laughs> We're in, in two thousand seven. We don't want to date the podcast. Okay, we don't want to date the podcast. It but... is nineteen eighty-seven. <laughs> what? It's nineteen eighty-four. The First World War. In fact, we're a hundred. If you, do, I'm sorry, this is the opposite of not dating the podcast. But we're currently, this week is the hundred-year anniversary of the Halifax explosion, which was the largest man-made explosion before the nuclear weapons were used in World War Two. Well, there you go. And ten thousand people died. No, that's a real downer. It was a real accident as well. It wasn't like a bomb went off. It was. Do you know about the Halifax explosion? I don't think I do. These two ships just sort of ran into one another in uh, the port in Nova Scotia. Right. And one of them just happened to be carrying a bunch of explosives and gunpowder and Yikes. cotton and stuff like that, and it all just went up and the whole place... like it, it Bombs and cotton. Yeah, it blew up on the shore, but the entire sort of Docklands area was destroyed. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was huge. That was, and that was 100 years ago today? This week. This week. Yeah, I don't know if it's today. Right. Oh, oh, well, there you go. Uh, Hamley survived the First World War, but uh, it was in a it was in a bad way financially by the late nineteen uh, twenties, and indeed it briefly closed down. Do you know this? No, I didn't know this. Actually. Briefly, closed. this one I actually didn't. Yeah, know, no, it briefly no. closed down in nineteen thirty one, but later in the same year, it was saved <clears throat> because it was bought by a man called Walter Lines. Right, which is where it leaves. The family's hands. I, I, we it, hope. it possibly had already left the family's hands by that time. Okay. I'm not entirely sure, but certainly from that point on, it's not. So, in their hands. so if you count it from that date, <laughs> <laughs> 1931, which means that it is 51, 82 years younger than Harrods. There, there we go. Um, now, Walter Lines is involved with a company that you might have heard of. I'm assuming that. I, I would be surprised if off the top of your head you know who Walter Lines is. No. Not to disrespect him or his family. <laughs> but, um, so, George... Not Bill Gates, is he? No, he isn't. That is literally true. <laughs> George and Joseph Lines were Victorian uh, toy manufacturers, and Joseph had four sons, and three of them, this is Walter, William and Arthur Lines, went on to form... A company together just after shortly after World War One, and, and it was initially known as uh, Lines Brothers Limited, but uh, what they ended up calling the company was Triang. Heard of them? No. Very famous. Like, I was expecting a moment where I'd go, oh, they but were, it didn't happen. Basically, a famous historical toy company. Oh, really? Triang no. Toys. Why? Why? What are they famous for? Uh, we'll get to that, don't worry. The reason why they're called Triang, since you asked... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of you. Um, Jeez. I just like this, because I, I, I find it uh, quite twee. The reason they're called Triang is because it was started by three 
brothers and their surname was Lines, and three lines make a triangle. That That is very tweed. I love it. Yeah, it's nice. It's, um, that's so cute. That but, was a really cute name. Yeah. But they were big names. Uh, their peak was like the 1940s. So why didn't they call it Triangle? Well, that's too on the nose, isn't it? They're not idiots. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Clearly they're not idiots. They ended up buying Hamleys. And at one point, they had... Uh, they owned two... Well, three three toy brands, which I'm sure you will have heard of. Meccano. Yes. Hornby Railways. Oh, yeah. And uh, Dinky, Dinky Cars. Oh, Dinky yeah, Toys. Yeah. All of them. Uh, because, because... Okay, so... Is that why they sent, sell so much Meccano in Hamleys? I think people just like Meccano. They, and what, is there a specific... I'm sorry if this is getting ahead of you... Is there a specific link between Hamleys and Lego? There are various links between Hamleys and Lego. But, I mean, the most simple one is Hamleys is a huge <laughs> off toy shop and Lego is one of the most popular <laughs> toys in the world. Okay, fair enough. But we, but will, like, come, we will come to Lego later on. Because, because they, there's some very specific Lego sculptures I'm thinking of in Hamleys. Yes, and there indeed there was one just outside Hamleys, which I'll talk about towards the end. Of the okay, okay, okay. To have a little sidebar within the sidebar. No, you're not allowed. You've spent your. Well, I'm going to. You've spent your allocation of sidebarring. Well, I'm going into debt then. <laughs> I'm going into my <laughs> sidebar overdraft. Sidebar Frank is. Hornby. Frank Hornby. He was a Liverpudlian, um, so you know he was from the north of England. Frank. He. Frank Hornby. <laughs> ah, I didn't think of that. <laughs> For the listener. I at one point <laughs> I at this one point in a Call of Cthulhu role playing campaign which was I think curated is the right <laughs> word by Mr. Leo West, I played a Liverpoolian named Frank Hunter. Uh Frank Hornby though patented Meccano in nineteen oh one. Which uh, the construction toy, if you're not familiar with Meccano, uh Google it. <laughs> was, that, was that a bit brusque? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Okay. Well it's a it's a kind of uh, a construction toy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very popular. He patented it in 1901, and he started the company Meccano Limited in 1908. And he also started Hornby Railways, hence them being named Hornby after him. He produced his first... You really enjoyed that H, haven't you? Hornby. Yeah. He produced his first clockwork train in uh, 1920, and he first started making double-O-gauge electric and clockwork model trains in 1938. Now I can J- tell... James Bond-gauge. I can... T- no, you monster. <laughs> I'm glad you asked me about double O-gauge because I was already going to tell you about it in tedious detail. Double uh, O is a model railway gauge and it is the one that is most common in the UK. Uh, the, it's the ratio uh, of 1 to 76.2 and uh, has a track spacing <laughs> of 16.5 millimetres. Now, it is very... This is nothing to do with Hamleys. Now, r- now there's a very... there's a similar gauge called HO and HO is more popular around the world but it, it, it isn't the popular prevailing one in the UK that is double O now interestingly so the HO, okay, HO right. uses the same track spacing but it has a slightly different scale it's a scale of 1 to 87 which means the models are actually slightly smaller and that is in fact more correct to the prototype basically oh. what I'm saying is most British model trains are a little bit wrong big for the size of the track spacing I, do you know I've always thought that yeah, I'm not even. I'm not even taking the bit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I've always been looking at trains and going, that looks a little bit, bit too big for the track. You've never done that. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. And just to finish the thought, uh, if you want to go bigger, there's O gauge, which is 32 millimeter track spacing, O-gauge. and the scale is one point f- uh, one one to. 
uh, 43.5 in the UK, although it's 1 to 48 uh, in the US. And if you want to go smaller, you've got Engage, which is 9mm track. Engage! And, uh, Engage! <laughs> like Patrick Stewart. Indeed. And it's a scale of 1 to 148. Not that anyone gives a, any kind of about this, and I'm honestly surprised if anyone's still listening at this point. None of this has anything to do no, with no. how we've all, not finished. All, we're not although, finished. If, you're, finished. if you've enjoyed the chat about railway gauges, that's going to come up again in two episodes' time. <laughs> it better not. <laughs> it's, it's going to. Anyway, that's just a little uh, little sidebar there for No, you. no, no, that um, was a sidebar sidebar. Oh yeah, okay, going back to the, fir- the, the, the primary sidebar. They started making uh, dinky, the dinky die-cast model toys in 1934. Now, Hornby and Meccano were bought out by Triang in 1964. And if you're wondering, which I know that you are, you're right, Frank Hornby did later become Conservative MP for Everton. Uh, in 1931, he won with 12,186 votes, which was uh, 48.9%. The grin on your face right now is so... Like, yeah, you didn't think I'd know how many votes Frank Hornby won the ele- so election to become Conservative MP for Everton, did you? I'm so but irritated. I do, because that information is available. Anyway. <laughs> uh, have you... Have you... Have you got to work this week? Are you... Are you... <laughs> are you that bored, Rob, that you've had to look this crap up? No comment. <laughs> anyway, Triang was a big deal. Uh, and Oh, and uh, during the Second World War, they stopped... Toy production and produced uh, the Sten submachine gun. Oh right, okay, yeah, no, the no, Sten thirty two were actually some of my favourite uh, guns. guns in Medal of Honor Underground, there which was my first FPS game. Oh, there you go, Triang. Uh, were making those instead of toys during the Second World War. A toy company. Yeah, there you go. Uh, they went into receivership in nineteen seventy one. Uh, Triang Hornby, which was the name of the of the the model railway branch, then became ah branch became Hornby Railways. Oh, go away. And Meccano went to Airfix. They they took over Meccano. Anyway, Hamleys. Remember that the thing we're allegedly no, talking about? No, no. What, what's Hamleys? You'll have to tell me again. I mentioned earlier that Queen Victoria did not give them a wa- royal warrant, but two other people have. The first one they got uh, was from Queen Mary of Tech. Oh, I know that name. Who was, of course, the wife of King George V. Fifth, Although, yes. at the time she gave Hamley's Royal Warrant, she was the widow of King George V because she gave it in 1938, which was, of course, two years after George V died, and indeed after the abdication of Edward VIII. So, so by that time, it was George VI. On the yeah, point. and does that mean that Queen Elizabeth II, as a small girl, was given toys by Hamley's? Almost certainly. We, we may never know. Almost certainly. Uh, and indeed, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II is the other person who has given it a royal warrant. Do they currently uh, hold a royal warrant? I assume so, because they got one from Her Majesty in 1955. They don't display it. That's the thing. But I couldn't find anything to suggest that they've that they've had it revoked or given it up. So I assume they do still have one. They just, for some reason, don't seem to show it on the front of the shop. That's weird because usually you would, especially on a mm. street called uh, a, a street like Regent Street. Oh yeah, I mean you'd think they'd have a huge one like Fortnum and Masons or you know Hatchards do, but um... and uh, Mappin and Webb used to display theirs as well. I yeah. don't know whether I think it, they still don't. It, it, it's a very good question, and I did wonder it myself. But as ah. I say, I couldn't I couldn't find anything to suggest it's been it's been revoked. And also, I don't know why they would revoke it. You know, it's not like it's a cigarette company or anything. It's a f-ing toy shop, mate. Are you done? Oh, God, no. <laughs> um, 
Uh, it was, by the way, 1955 is when Queen Elizabeth gave it uh, a royal warrant, which was, of course, three years after her ascension to the throne and two years after her coronation. And, of course, she was also the granddaughter of Queen Mary of Tech. Now, of course, by jumping there from 1938 to 1955, what have we skipped over? World War II. Uh, you've heard of the Second World War, you've heard of this? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was... I think some of my family were involved at some point. Yeah, I shouldn't be laughing because Hamleys was hit five times during Oof. the Blitz. Oof. But they didn't close down. What they used to do, oh. in actual fact, so the staff would wear, you know, tin hats for protection and basically... They'd make the transactions like at the front of the store, in the front entrance, and then they'd run in to get the toys that people wanted and then bring them to the front and do the transaction there. So basically like, like Argos. Argos. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly like Argos. I'm glad we both said that simultaneously. I'm glad our minds went to the same... So you said that originally they had two floors. Yes. I assume that there's no link between the basement level and World War Two. Not that I know of. I thought you were going to say there's no link between the basement level and the ground floor. I mean, there are stairs. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I'm talking about. What, as in... Was as it in... used as a bomb shelter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that I know of. Okay. Uh, not, that I could, not that I could find any, uh, any, any mention of. So when did they get their extra floors? Well, here's the thing. As I mentioned, it, it was originally number 200 Regent Street. It moved to its current premises which is, uh, its official address is 188 to 196 Regent Street. Uh, it moved there in 1981. Oh right, okay. And it is it is now it's huge. It's uh, it, it's it is. basically five thousand square meters. That is big. And yeah, seven floors. Um, the ground floor. It's, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not Selfridges. It's not no, Harrods. Again, that is literally true. <laughs> uh, the ground floor is your stuff, ba- mainly your stuffed animals. Your basement is your interactive stuff, your gadgets. They've got a big Star Video Wars. Video games. Yeah, a big Star Wars department down there now as well. Uh, first floor is games. Uh, second floor, preschool. Third floor is the girls' floor. Fourth floor is hobbies and jigsaws and that kind of thing. And the fifth floor is boys and uh, Lego. Lego. Yeah. Uh, Lego, 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 yes. Lots of Lego up there. Yeah. Do you know how many visitors it gets per year? No. About five million. Five million. Now, is that more or less than the London Eye? <laughs> more. More. I yeah, thought it was. London Eye is 3.75. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now... As you may know. But then I guess there's a whole bunch of Londoners that will visit it that won't visit the London Eye. Yes, exactly. Basically. And also it's free to get into Hamleys. Although if you've got children, it's probably not not free free to to get get out. (laughs) God, I hate us. We didn't even plan that. No, we didn't. That was... was... (laughs) We've got a real rapport going, Rob, you know? Well, it's taken taken this long to establish it. What is this, episode 13? I thought you were going to say it's taken a toll over the last (laughs) hour. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this will be the last episode. (laughs) Now, as you're probably aware... I'm lucky for some. As you're probably aware, Hamleys, that flagship Regent Street store, is no longer the only Hamleys there are. It's now a chain. There's lots of branches. I think airports... Yeah, I was going to say, I definitely know that they have airport branches, as do Harrods. Yes, um, and Fortnum and Mason, I think. Mm, yes, yeah, yeah. A uh, little, little, little cautionary sidebar here. The uh, the careful. S- the second careful. The second store they ever opened uh, was in York in 1987, but it lasted less than a year. Closed down. After so less than a year. don't open a store in York. Well, I, I <laughs> realised. I realised the way I framed this is makes it sound like the caution thing is don't open a shop in York. Um, 
And actual fact, I think they've had. I think they've also then had another branch in York, which is also, I think, closed down. Okay. No, York, the, York doesn't like toys. The cautionary thing. The cautionary thing official. is they opened the second branch in York. But if you go on Wikipedia, that will tell you that they opened the second branch in New York City because obviously someone's just got their Yorks confused. And this, folks, is why we do not trust Wikipedia. Yes, yes, indeed. Do you want to know where they currently have stores? No. I'm going to tell you. Um, this is based on their website. So okay. I assume... You they know, know. Logically, this would seem to be the most up-to-date and relevant information about the stores they have. In the UK and Ireland, they have got stores in St Pancras, uh, Heathrow Terminals 2, 4 and 5, uh, Stansted Airport as well, Wembley Stadium. There's one in Swindon, there's one in Essex, uh, there's one in Street in Somerset. There are two each in Manchester and Birmingham, and there's one in Glasgow, in Edinburgh, in Cardiff, in Dublin and in Livingston. But not York. No, not York, uh, because two have closed down there. People in York don't like toys. Also, they've got a, a Viking museum and the railway museum. They're so what fine. more do they want? Exactly. I mean, for yeah. heaven's sake, Rob, we're talking about London. This place has, <laughs> has literally every concentration yeah, of it everything. it doesn't have the National Railway Museum. No, it doesn't have the National Railway. I love that museum, and I would it's go an to it excellent all the time museum. if it were in London. I remember, um, as a school child, I sang at York Minster with the school choir and we spent the beginning of the afternoon or the afternoon between the rehearsal and the performance in the National Railway Museum working out how many pounds of pressure one of the wheels from from the biggest train in there would apply to a human body were the human body lying on the tracks. I've got to say, mate, you are a tedious nerd. <laughs> yes, I am. Anyway, the Dartmoor Hairy Hands! <laughs> Anyway, I'm, only, I'm not even halfway through my list. Are you kidding? Because <laughs> uh, it doesn't just have stores in the UK and Ireland. There are international ones as well. Including, there is one store each in the Czech Republic, Denmark, Malta, Poland, Sweden, Norway, Turkey, Vietnam, Qatar and Saudi Arabia. There are two in China, two in Singapore, two in the Philippines, three each in Egypt, Mexico and the United Arab Emirates. There are five in Malaysia and five in Jordan, eight in South Africa, 11 in Russia and 42 in India. How many in the US? None. You're joking. Apparently not Zero. one in the US. Zero I know, I was, I was, I'm as surprised as you so, are. So here's the thing, Rob, is that uh, some other things you've just told people quite tersely to go and Google, yeah. uh, and yet you've felt the need to read that entire list to them, despite telling them where they could find it. I like lists. <laughs> uh-huh. Do you want me to do it again? No. <laughs> Okay. If you'd like to hear the list again, rewind. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's an interesting thing because I found this out um, elsewhere, not on their website. That a new, the latest Hamley store to open was in Hull, and that opened in October. City of Culture. Not listed on their website. Oh. So what I'm saying is, their website seems that it's maybe not the reliable source of information about Hamleys that you would expect it to be. They just haven't updated it, clearly. Presumably not. So what I'm saying is that information, despite being from the most direct source imaginable, i.e. the horse's mouth, might not be up to date. You've really done your research here, haven't you? I've, I've, yes. I'm impressed. No, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) I can see it in your eyes. (laughs) Speaking of dodgy websites, this this is fun. Uh, in the run to Christmas of 2006, they had a glitch on their website whereby basically discount codes could be applied multiple times. Oh, no. Which meant that you could get, if you, if you cheated the system, you could get a discount of up to 60%, <gasps> uh, which people did. 
Yeah, I bet they did. Uh, it was reported that somebody uh, somebody was bragging. I think it was the Guardian reported that somebody got a, f- a, a snooker table, full size snooker table, that should have cost thirteen grand, and they got it for five. <gasps> However, um, I, I I believe they didn't actually honour it. I think they they later had to send out apologetic emails saying. Hey, we done f*** up. We need eight grand off you. But they did offer people a 25% discount off their next purchase, which was more than the original discount card was worth. So, you know, it's still something. Uh, I did like this, though. I found this quote uh, on a website called theregister.co.uk about this story. Uh, they, they'd interviewed somebody who said, It's like the Vikings have been to Hamleys. If you get onto their site, <laughs> it's been emptied and pillaged. <laughs> It's not, is it? It's not. <laughs> not even remotely like the oh Vikings. Oh, my God. That's why they don't have... A store in York. <laughs> yeah, because the Vikings from the Viking Museum would just go and raid it. Also, listen, I'm not a historian. No, there are that, ve- that much is clear. There are very few things I'm willing to say with absolute certainty. One of the few things I will say as an absolute definite fact mm-hmm. is that at no point did the Vikings raid a website. <laughs> well, that depends on the... Uh, the personal identifications of various Scandinavian peoples. Does it? Yeah, it does. Like, if you had a Dane, for instance, who considered himself a Viking, who then went into hacking, you'd have a Viking ring. You look so angry right Would, now. would they have horns on their helmet? <laughs> their avatar might. <laughs> oh, like the James Cameron film. No, like the word for oh, yeah. physical representation. Yeah, okay. Fun. Do you know what the biggest Hamley store in the world is? I'm guessing it's not London then. No, it isn't. It's not. So um, the... Malaysia. No, it's actually Russia. Okay. There's one in uh, in in Moscow, uh, which is six thousand seven hundred fifty square meters. Ooh. So a fair amount bigger than than their flagship Regent Street store. Difficult to expand a Regent Street store though, and you don't want to give it up, do you? Well, that's why they moved premises. Yeah. Uh, from two hundred just down the road was for for bigger premises. You asked earlier on about who about about its its ownership. Uh, I, I apologise for anything I pronounce incorrectly here. Uh, from two thousand and three, it was owned by an Icelandic investment group uh, called Bauger. I think they bought it for forty seven million. Uh, then it was taken over by an Icelandic bank called uh, Landsbanki. Uh, then in two thousand, <laughs> there was a little there was a little glance there. Like how do you like that one? Eh? <laughs> oh, it was really glancing. Landsbanki. Is that right? <laughs> Again, I apologise if this is probably all very badly pronounced. In 2012, uh, a group called... I think it's uh, probably Banker. But carry on. Why did they spell it with an I then, mate? Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I thought it was an E. Uh, group Ludendo bought it for £60 million in 2012. Do you know who owns it uh, at the moment? Bob. Yeah, just a man called Bob. <laughs> no, it's a Sea Banner, which is a, a Chinese footwear giant. Wow. And they bought it for about £100 million in 2015. Wow. So they currently own it. Chinese footwear giant. Yes. <laughs> I assumed you had some kind of follow-up. I'm just, no, I'm just desperately trying not to make... Some kind of fairy tale... Joke. Joke. Yeah. yeah. About giants About in giants China. In China, yeah. 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 Well, good, you haven't done that. <laughs> Uh, Thank you. There are a couple of other uh, things of interest about Hamley, so uh, we, we, we're coming towards the later stages now. There's a couple of things to mention. You talked about Lego. Now, yeah, I was going to say, when are you going to get to Lego? Now, did you know... Because I did not know this. This somehow utterly passed me by. Did you know that 2014 uh, was the official year of the bus? <laughs> no, no. It was the year of the bus, mate. I had no idea. Do you know why it was the year of the bus? 
Why? It was uh, 60 years since the creation of the Rootmaster, seven, oh. 75 years since the predecessor of the Rootmaster, the RT type bus, and 100 years since the First World War, as I mentioned earlier on, in which London buses were used extensively. Uh, 1,300 uh, th London buses uh, were used to ferry troops to the Western Front in the First World War, uh, 250 of which returned and were put back into uh, service. Wow. They could carry 24 uh, fully equipped infantrymen. Well, I am well aware of buses Good. today <laughs> Today that are on the roads that were used in World War Two. Well, there you go, yeah. They were repainted uh, khaki and green, and some, uh, they were, some of them were... Varying troops that they also used as uh, pigeon lofts for carrier pigeons, ambulances, all kinds of things. And in fact, one of the things they did for the year of the bus was to uh, restore uh, one of the old B-type buses to its like battle bus livery. Okay, where is this coming back to Lego? Anyway, Lego. <laughs> <laughs> to celebrate the year of the bus, just outside Hanley's on Regent Street, they created a Lego bus stop. Ah. And again, this utterly passed me by. Uh, it was and, made you, up, and you passed it by? Presumably, yes. Indeed. Uh, it was made up of 100,000 bricks. took a fortnight to build. It was, it was a collaboration between uh, TFL Lego and uh, a design and engineering company. TFL Lego? TFL, Lego. Oh, sorry. And a design and engineering company. For a second there, I thought... Form. True form. Yes. For a second there, I thought there was a branch of TFL which dealt <laughs> specifically with Lego. For all I know, there is. TFL <laughs> no. Lego. Certainly should be. Um, yeah, this was designed by uh, Duncan Titmarsh. Good. Who is a Rel relation who is, to Alan? Who is and that's Titmarsh, isn't it? Um. I think these things. Are, uh, <laughs> who is a certified Lego professional? Good. Do you know what that means? No. Basically, he doesn't work for Lego, but he's got a company whereby he makes. He commissions. He, he's commissioned to make. Lego sculptures, and he has been like certified by Lego. So oh, like, right. basically, his businesses and his Lego sculptures are endorsed by Lego themselves, even though he doesn't directly work for them. That's cool. Which is what a certified Lego professional is. Well done for him. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So he built this uh, this 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 bus stop, uh, and it was there for quite a while. It was in full use. I think it served nine different routes, and it was there from the nineteenth of June until the fifteenth of July. Was there a shelter? Two thousand and fourteen. Yeah, it was a full bus shelter. You can see. Oh. Google it. Find pictures of it. Google it. <laughs> That's the motto of this episode. Yeah, yeah, you can see it. it was in full use, full, full shelter. Wow. I mean, otherwise it wouldn't have taken 100,000 bricks. Well, no, but I just, it I guess... Just a, it's a pole. Yeah, I guess I was just imagining no, just no. a pole. Full shelter. Oh, they also said, by the way... Oh, a well, a couple of things. One of the other things they did uh, to celebrate the, uh, the year of the bus was they did a, a, a kind of procession, a sort of cavalcade of, I think it was 50 historic buses from throughout London's history. And it went down Regent Street, so it went past that particular Lego bus stop. And again, if you, you search on YouTube, you can find uh, a lot of home how, videos of these buses going past. How did it go down, though? Did it go down well? Was it... Carry on. Unbelievable. <laughs> we're having fun, Robert. We are, so we're we're having... having so many fun. Uh, and in fact, one of the other things they said about the year of the bus uh, was that it was 200 years of London buses, which is... Wrong. Yes, absolutely wrong. It was 185 years because the first London buses were George Shillaby's omnibuses in 1829, but we'll come back to that in two weeks' time. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know, I know. Or two episodes' time. Yes. Two episodes' time. Depending on, on the release schedule. I think it speaks volumes about the nature of this podcast. <laughs> the that my threat of there will be further information in a future episode <laughs> is greeted with uh, genuine upset. <laughs> I'm not 
got genuinely upset. So uh, the Lego sculptures I was thinking of were the royal family on the top floor. Yes, yes, they have they have those as well. And yeah, and and like kind of relatively realistic ones, not like yeah. minifigured. Oh yeah, ones. not minifigured because the ones in in the Lego store in Leicester Square, you know, they've got like a Lego policeman and a Lego high court judge and a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And a tube train, got a Lego tube train. And a big Lego Elizabeth Tower and all kinds of stuff. So you have a Lego. What? <laughs> the tube train. Ah, there you go. T- TFL, Le- never mind. TF Lego. Transport for... Lego. Lego. Well, um, there's a few more, there's a couple of other things just to mention. Just just a couple of quick five points. You got a green plaque in 2010. Right. Similar to the blue plaque, of course, but in, in Westminster they use green ones. Uh, and that was its official 250 year anniversary, 2010. Which is why it's currently 257 years. But again, we're not confirming what year we're recording this, obviously. We've already just done that. They have, they've had problems with animals. <laughs> Pumas? Uh, yeah, pu- <laughs> no, they uh, in in the same Lynxes. in the well. This is a, this is a link in the same year that it got the green plaque, two thousand and ten. They had planned to have a live penguin exhibit for Christmas. Why? You know, kids love Pengu- live penguins, penguins, don't they? Yeah. What has it got to do with Hamleys? With well, kids, apart from maybe kids like penguins. <laughs> apart from maybe Noah's Ark. Kids, penguins. Anyway, they didn't. Um, animal rights groups. Yeah, I bet they did. Objected and they pulled out of it. They've also had a bit of trouble with bears. Bears? By which I mean they used to have a separate business called the Bear Factory. You know about this? No. Yeah, it was basically, it's the equivalent of Build-A-Bear Workshop. They had a thing called the Bear Factory, which they launched in the year 2000. By 2002, it had 23 outlets. And in actual fact, they bought out four new ones in that year from the uh, then... Uh, recently bankrupted English teddy bear company. So it was pretty large. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah you could say that they had bear factory. <laughs> I knew from your eyes there was a joke coming, and, and never in a thousand years did I think it'd be that one. You, My word! Yeah, and you actually enjoyed it. I as do because well. I, lo- I do like the, the word bear as a, in that. For the position. listener, he stopped himself from laughing. He clapped <laughs> his hand to his face. I will. I will. <laughs> yes, I'm so. So surprised. <laughs> but yeah, they, they, they bought out four outlets from the, from the bankrupt English Teddy Bear Company. It's a very Brexit name, isn't it? <laughs> very Brexit. English Teddy Bear Company. <laughs> teddy Bear's American, aren't they? Not, isn't it? Teddy, teddy Roosevelt, I think. Yeah, maybe. I mean, bears aren't I really. don't know. Like, te- the, the concept of having a stuffed bear is probably not... I thought it went back to Teddy Roosevelt. Does it? I think no. We'll, I we'll, we'll find it out, and, and for our bears episode, uh, the people who know me best will know that I am a significant bear enthusiast. By the way, so any time I can crowbar bears in, is always good. Well, we um, have a um, build a bear in the flat, of course. Do you know it? Have you seen it? Uh, remind me. It's um, uh, like Spider Man. Uh, Jedi. Oh, is that a builder bear? Yeah, I think oh, it is. There you go. I know you can, they do do like, I know at one point they had like a Captain America outfit and an Iron Man yeah. outfit you could use for Well, you. this one's got a Jedi robe on. Oh, well, there you as go. Well. Oh, and by the way, that is, that's what happened to Hamley's Bear Factory because by, by 2006... The Jedi's slaughtered them. Yes. The younglings. The younglings, yes, that's right. Carry on. Uh, in two thousand, by two thousand six, it was it was a loss maker. It was I don't know I don't know how they messed it up so badly. It was making a loss. Maybe it's the use of the word factory. I don't know. But uh, anyway, they sold it to Builder Bear, which is an American. Hey company. kids, come to the workshop. Hey kids, come to the factory. Exactly. Well, there you go. But yeah, Builder Bear bought it. 
I have one more fact about Hamlet, just to finish off. A sing- singular fact. If you work there as a member of staff, uh, and I think there's currently like 300 odd members of staff there, you get your birthday off. Oh. As an extra, like. As a, you know, as day. A kind of perk. You unpaid leave for. Uh... I assume it's paid leave. Hmm. Because otherwise that feels quite sour, doesn't it? It's like, that that t- that turns from being you've got your birthday off to being you can't work your birthday. Oh yeah, no, sorry. What I meant was if you work for Hamleys on your birthday, you get fired. <laughs> so the longest for the day. longest time it's possible to work for Hamleys is three hundred and sixty-four days. Oh gosh, which is why the you know, clientele is always so young, I guess. Well, kids. Yeah. They love penguins. <laughs> <laughs> and that is it. That is everything. That's it. That's what you've got That for is us. everything I'm willing to tell you about. <laughs> I, 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 to be honest, I'm exhausted. I feel like that was quite exhaustive. So, well, <laughs> But not exhausting. <laughs> but also exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm exhausting. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you are reader, uh, listener. See, see how tired I am now? I'm going to have to go and have a coffee. Um, have, a co- have a little coffee, mate. A little one. An espresso. Well, don't worry, we're recording another two episodes for, like, weeks. <laughs> That's... I, lo- I love how you're, you're, you're desperately trying to rescue this facade. I'll talk about a facade in two episodes' time. Join us then! <laughs> yeah, just as a, just as a teaser... all the things that... Just, just, just a little teaser, in, in, in two episodes' time, we'll once again talk about bears, facades, bears? and railway facades. gauges. Railway and, gauges. I've met, and, and omnibuses. And the hands? Did you say the hands as well? The hairy hands will never be mentioned again. <laughs> okay, good. Well, uh, join us then, listener, for all of the things that Rob... Oh, and John Nash will come up again. ...has threatened us with. Uh, plus John Nash. We're always talking about John Nash. Bloody John Nash. Uh, and this has been, by the way... With and things that are called regency. You just talked over my Things outro. that are called regency. Yeah, but I, they don't need to know. They're going to listen to I don't think they are. <laughs> Why did you talk over our like, catchphrase ending? It's ridiculous. trying to make that a thing none of which has anything to do with i mean it's it's not hard to make that a thing because of the nature of my episodes of this <laughs>